The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the cream in your coffee, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, the Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in professional wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana Davey Wrestling, the 104-minute man, the main event. I'm really, really good at Twitter, the king of taunts, the product David Starr, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hi, hello, welcome. Hi. Oh, Jesus. Hey, guys. Jesus Christ, Chris. <laughs> Take a deep breath, Marty. Uh, okay. Deep breath. Oosa. Okay. Oosa. Just think of this. Uh, yes. You are sitting in your home yes. in uh, Maryland in yes. the United States of America. Yes. Okay. You are not stuck on a plane on a tarmac in the yes. kingdom of Saudi Arabia for a day plus. Yeah. So, I, I'm not sitting there wondering at what point they argo my ass out of there. Right, yeah. So at least you have that going for you, which is nice. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's been another week, ladies and gentlemen, in the world of professional wrestling. Um, like, so much news has passed. It felt like it's been like a month since yes. the last time we spoke. But no, no. It, it just no. it was just one of those weeks where every single fucking day stuff happened uh and, oh, and not little things right. big things like th- this would traditionally be a show where i'd think oh okay i'll i'll jump in and and throw out my excitement uh about hiromu finally returning i know uh, hiromu takahashi returning at, at power struggle by the way that might be all we get to about his return <laughs> That exact <laughs> sentence. Uh, you know, I, we could talk about the the weird Kenny Omega video segment where he basically threw shade on New Japan on national television. Yep. Uh, we could talk about the fact that The Fiend, uh, way later than he should have, won the world title. Oh, yeah. The, I even forgot about that. Yeah. There's all of these different <laughs> things we could break down. But, no, there's just a big thing on the top. So, Chris, I'm going to be smart yes. here. I'm going to be very smart. Okay. Uh, we have failed in uh, the last episode to promote our things that we have going on outside of this very show. So let's True. here at the top talk about those things. First and foremost, your boys were on a podcast. Chris, break it down for them. 
Yes, yeah, so uh, there's a, a an excellent film podcast called the IMDb Journey, two mm-hmm. blokes out of Australia, and uh, they review the top 250 movies from IMDb and current movie reviews and stuff like that, and they do a thing called Pod v Pod, where they mm-hmm. have other podcasts on, and they do a little uh, movie trivia challenge. So uh, Marty and myself were guests on this past week's show. It's available now anywhere you can find a podcast. Just search for IMDb Journey, mm-hmm. and we are on Pod v Pod 28 or 29. It's the most recent I think it's episode. 29, but yes. Yeah. Uh, it's the most recent episode, and it's us uh, trying to beat these, you know, two dudes who do a movie podcast in various trivia challenges. So, uh, highly recommend you check it out. Give them a, a follow. Listen to a couple of their episodes. They they put on a really good show. They have a great rapport. They're really funny, and they uh, they have some uh, some good gimmicks. So, uh, definitely want you guys to check that out. And being inspired by that, mm-hmm. uh, what we've started to do really is my, my. I'm basically pushing it on Marty. I'm yes. like, hey. I want to do this, so yes. let's do this. So I apologize to you, my friend, but yeah, well. I, I I'm a trivia dork and I love doing things like this. So uh, Marty and I are starting our own uh, po- uh, podcaster versus podcaster yes. sort of thing. We're going to be facing each other in a uh, trivia challenge on the Patreon episodes. Mm-hmm. So uh, every other week, sort of thing, whenever we get around to it. So uh, subscribe to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The Rough House Podcast. We're going to be recording that after we talk through this uh, shit ton of news in the world of pro rest this week. So um, that's kind of what's going on on that side. Yes. Uh, you have a big uh, art fight show coming yes. up. Yes. Which you get to plug in for. Yes, indeed. On uh, Friday, November fifteenth, Super Art Fights back at the Auto Bar in Baltimore, Maryland. We've got Thanksgiving thrashing. It's going to be a massive event. If you've never seen Super Art Fight before, uh, it's basically Pictionary meets Pro Wrestling, which means yeah. uh, it's very, very right in the dead center of the Venn diagram of the audience for this podcast. It's uh, a show where you'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll have an absolute blast of a time. Plus, your dear friend Marty is hosting and doing commentary throughout the whole evening. So we'd love to have you. 15 bucks gets you in the door. Head to SuperArtFight.com to find out the full card. All that fun bucks, stuff. little man. Put that <laughs> That's shit it. in my, my hand. hand. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, Chris. Yes, but let's let's get into it. I, I, and, right. and look, I know there's a lot we're going to want to talk about, but I think the the big thing looming overhead is let's just try to call a spade a spade here. Uh, 180 <laughs> or however many uh, individuals from WWE were more or less held hostage by Saudi Arabia for a 24 hour period. Mechanical issues in the uh, most sarcastic of air quotes ever. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack from this story, and we're still unpacking it. I mean, there's still, you know, uh, apparently Hugo Savinovich did a big uh, Mm -hmm. uh, tell-all last night that is, you know, depending on who you ask, totally accurate or not accurate or a little bit accurate. So a a lot of uh, information is trickling in, and um, so – what I'm gathering is that uh, after the Crown Jewel show, which mm-hmm. the show itself notable only pretty much for Seth Rollins losing the Universal title to Bray Wyatt mm-hmm. in another red tinged match, which stop it. Yeah, Fucking, that's yeah. not good for anybody. Yeah, you, you learned this lesson 22 years ago with Kane. You should have yeah. relearned this lesson, what, five years ago with Sin Cara? Uh, the, or the, three weeks ago uh, at Hell in the Cell. Right, so, right. <laughs> yeah, they continued to do the, the red tint for the Fiend thing. And not only that, 
who who gave the okay for uh for Bray Wyatt to do or uh, the Fiend to do his intro with the severed head lantern gimmick? Look, I feel like look, they, like... they're big fans of that in the KSA. That made well, him yeah. a baby face. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's just a whole other can of worms to unpack. So the show happened, and apparently what I'm reading is there was a disagreement between uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon Mm -hmm. and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia Sports Authority. I'm not sure it was not not the store that they sell, you know, baseball gloves and bat sets, the actual (laughs) authority that that regulates sports in the Mm -hmm. KSA. Uh, I don't think it was actually with, uh, you know, uh, ruler MBS. I don't think he was involved personally in this. I don't think he was Um, directly involved in any of this. Because if so, Vince McMahon's head would be in a spike right now, probably. Oh, God. And, and that that's the thing. I, I, I recognize I'm stepping on your breakdown of what's no, going on. No, no, no. Go ahead. Because you, you probably, you're probably more well-versed in what's been going on than well, I am. Well, okay. So I, I, I listened to uh, the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, which came out, you know, just a few hours ago. And it was Dave yeah. Meltzer's breakdown of, of what is, isn't true. All I can think, though, is for those guys who were stranded for 24 hours, because that's what it was. They were stranded in the airport for 24 hours. Regardless of the who, the what, the where, when, why, or how, they were stuck in the airport for 24 hours straight. They could not leave. There was a group that did leave because they had private charter planes. Sorry, two groups. There was the Vince McMahon, Triple H, you know, the the management side that hopped on one jet. They got to go. Yes. Then there was the, I guess, the 2%, which was your Brock Lesnar, your Paul Heyman, your Hulk Hogan, Hogan, your um, Flair, your your Tyson Fury. They got out of town. Cain Velasquez, by the way. Stuck in Saudi Arabia with the rest of the crew. Oh, was he? Yes. <laughs> well, hey, if there's anything that shows the locker room that Kane sees himself as a pro wrestler now, there's that. Um, yeah, welcome to the WWE, big guy. <laughs> but the thing that I kept thinking of throughout all of this is if I'm an Ali, if I'm a, a Carl Anderson, if I'm a it just, you know, not a top tier guy, just a yeah. mid card and below or hell, even upper mid card and below. Am I wondering if I'm legitimately going to be detained? Am I wondering if I'm legitimately not going to see my family for weeks on end? Or could this Ever? have had an even more tragic ending? Exactly. Yeah. And, and the fact that that is a scenario that these professional athletes were presented with and also their boss just went all right bye guys see you in the states well uh, what boss is a strong word because they're independent contractors Uh, they're not even fucking employees so that's the whole other you know uh, side to this whole thing um the fact that their boss their management their their employer um is putting them in that situation um, you know, this is this deal with Saudi Arabia has been the topic of a lot of stress, uh, press, press and stress, yes. uh, both mainstream and, uh, specifically wrestling media. I'm wondering if John Oliver is going to, going to roll the curtain back again, do another, uh, update on this shit on last week tonight, because that yeah. got a lot of play back in the summer yeah. or last year, rather when this, uh, when this thing was, you know, still going on after Khashoggi was, was murdered and, you know, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia admitted to it they yeah. eventually they said yep that was us 
Uh, and, you know, the deal continued. And they did the shows. So apparently the dispute was between um, the KSA Sports Authority not paying uh, in full for the prior and current uh, events in Saudi Arabia. Is that correct? Yeah. It, it, uh, so Hugo Sandovich, former WWE uh, Spanish commentator slash mm, now Sandwich. member. Of- uh, now, I think he's part of AAA, um, but nevertheless, he said it was a $300 million amount. Uh, okay. Dave Meltzer said this morning it was $60 million, but still. That's a, a lot of millions. A massive chunk of change. And yeah. so what happened was because they did not get paid, uh, Vince delayed the airing of the show on Saudi Arabia television. It was supposed to be live. It ended up getting delayed 40 minutes. And the reason why it was delayed 40 minutes was because he refused to air it live in Saudi Arabia until he got paid. See, okay. Like, on one hand, as a business owner, well, I'm not, but thinking in the mindset of a business owner, I can understand. We have a small business here. Very yeah. small business. Yes. This is incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, can, I can understand the mindset of Vince McMahon not wanting to do more work uh, before getting paid for the work already accomplished. As a, I'm an independent contractor in certain respects uh, for my trivia gigs and DJing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. I'm not going to – if I haven't gotten paid for the past – two weeks of hosting trivia why am i going to go and do more trivia games you know sort of thing right i get that but i am not hosting a trivia game at the bill bateman's in fucking riyadh saudi arabia no no you're not Uh, okay nor am i bringing a couple hundred people in my employ with me knowing that this country has a uh, human rights record that is very much less than ideal yeah Um, spotty at best in a, in a part of the world where violence is is uh, prevalent and extreme, so you know you're you're playing with the lives of a couple hundred people there. Now you know I don't I don't know what alternatively Vince could have done. Written a strongly worded letter to MBS yeah, and yeah. say, "Hey, what's up, bud? How we doing?" You know, he could have gone through the state department and his good pal the president and tried to get something done as opposed to letting um his i don't want to say ego it's probably a little bit ego but not entirely ego you want to get paid i get it but like i said you're playing with the lives of people way possible that's what it is he did well and he he just he just had to he had to brute force his way through this for better or for worse. And and I And not I, only yeah. that I'm sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you no, off, no, but okay. I, I just ahead. need to get this one more point out. So yeah, not only please. did he do that, the show completed and then he fucking dipped out, leaving everybody else there. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that pisses me off the most. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I I'm I'm very much with you on that. And 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 I, I think it's worth saying just because, you know, um, I, I feel, uh, especially in 2019, you kind of have to set parameters for an argument here. My concern isn't necessarily with Saudi Arabia as a country. Um, you know, I know nothing about Saudi Arabia as a country. What I do know is their government has done some very gross, very horrible things. I don't know anything about the Saudis as a people. I just know what their government has done. So in turn, a lot of my, uh, I guess, pearl clutching here is just based off of Look at how they handled other people who, you know, went against them. Right. And the fact that you had 
literally dozens of people under your employ who could have faced the ramifications of, you know, in the case of Vince McMahon, your dick waving moment to, to try to brute force your way through this business deal. Uh, I mean, why wasn't this the discussion of, hey, we won't get on a plane until you pay right. us? Why yeah. is this happening when bodies are, you know, live and on the ground? Why why was this the route taken? I, I mean, I'm sure there's so many backdoor wheelings and dealings that we don't know about. I'm sure, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, it was alluded to this morning in, in the reporting Dave Meltzer was doing that there are entire incidents that people didn't know about prior to today that stories are now being told. He didn't share any of them because sourcing was spotty. Sure. But, you know, uh, it, it just strikes me as like, okay, if bad things have happened in the past and you're not getting paid, why'd you get on the plane? Yeah. Why put your people in that position where something could happen? Especially when you have a live television show that you're getting paid a shit ton of money to do. Granted, not as much a shit ton, but still a shit ton of money to do on Friday yeah. night. I mean, uh, just the for some of that roster, the the travel that they had to do to to go to Saudi Arabia. Now there's this group that didn't get home until let's call it Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah. In in the most generous of terms. There's a crew that gets to go to Raw on Monday, so they have to fly there, and then they're flying to Europe for the annual shit show that is a European tour where everyone gets right. the shit beat out of them. People end up having you know fights on the bus and, and all these different things. Uh, yeah. Now you have that same crew who also did not get to see their family for 24 plus hours because you fucked them over. Like yeah. th- As much a shit show as this is right now, it's going to snowball. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. I mean, people are, you know, there was a lot of, uh, uh, there were a lot of tweets sent out uh, treading the line of dissatisfaction and and worry Um, because you could tell that, you know, some of these people were really concerned for their safety at this point. Um, And, you know, apparently there's these rumors that, uh, that, the WWE front office is trying to get uh, performers to tweet out that uh, proving that it was like some kind of mechanical thing and not this uh, essentially being held hostage yeah. sort of thing, which is just shitty and shady in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to circle back to how we initially began this talk, if I'm somebody like a Rusev or somebody, you know, like a Cesaro or, you know, these mid card upper mid anybody really yeah. i mean anybody who's not making brock money and he wasn't even a part of it because he makes brock money yes um you know am i thinking why am i sticking with this company that is putting me in my life and my future and my family's future in danger yeah and you know i don't know if there's going to be some kind of compensation for these people to try and quell their uh, their worries about this happening again i'm worried that if this does if the show does happen again in the spring because they're supposed to do two a year for what four or five years five I think. years and, and we're yeah. a year in we're like yeah this is year two right isn't yeah, it yeah yeah well i'm yeah, saying yeah. like we completed one year and we're in our right. second year so like yeah 
Ugh. <laughs> so if, if this deal continues, and yeah. I would imagine it would because Vince McMahon loves his money, um, will the number of people like a Daniel Bryan and a Kevin Owens who refuse to go, uh, does that number increase? I would, I would, uh, I would wager yes. Well, and to that point, how much of this is going to be because uh, the the parent eternal philosophy was if you said, hey, I don't want to do this show, you don't have to do this show. Right. Um, is that going to still be true? How many guys and gals, because now women can go over there, good for them, uh, they, you know, they're basically going to be, you know, sort of uh, have the screws put to them to say, hey, no, you, you have to go. Uh, I imagine, I imagine, you know, a Kevin Owens who didn't go and said he didn't want to go or a Miz who didn't go for whatever reason or uh, a Daniel Bryan who didn't want to go. They have a lot more uh, of an ability to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks versus saying Umberto Carrillo. I mean, what what cachet does he have to say, no, I'm not going? What what cachet does a a Titus O'Neil have? You know, right. There's all these guys where you just kind of go. Yeah, I'm sure if they wanted to say no prior to this, no problem. Next time, uh, it might be, uh, all right, cool, you're fired. Well, and hey, that's actually kind of a blessing in disguise because there's a lot of places out there to work right now. And if they're going to let you out of your contract, which they still haven't done to uh, a Jordan Miles, uh, (laughs) from the controversy of of, of last week. Uh, which and, continued into and, this and week. And the shit show that continued into this week. Fuck, I completely forgot that was the beginning of this week. Yeah, um, no, he's still employed uh, by WWE. Enough. And the thing is, you know, can, as being independent contractors, can they force you to do something? Right. That's, you know, if you were an employee, you'd have a lot more, um, the employer would have a lot more uh, leeway in forcing you to do something you may not be comfortable with. But as an independent contractor, this might be where the independent contractor thing bites them in the ass. Not not to get all radical and what have you, but, uh, you know, this would be a fantastic time if there were a way for talent to form some sort of collective bargaining agreement. With the company to, you know, for those of high stature and low stature to band together as one unit to say, you know, just just to unify. I don't know what the term would be for that sort of thing. Believe that would be a union. I I, no, no. Unions are terrible. We don't need that. But (laughs) if there was some way they could, as a group, bargain collectively and David Starr, uh, you know, if there was if there was some way they could all, you know, say, hey, we don't want to deal with this anymore. Also, we want all of our transportation handled by you. And also we'd like health insurance. You know, if there were things like that, I, I don't know. I don't know how that could be accomplished, but Strike. now now would be a great time to do that, don't you think? Now yeah. would be a wonderful time to, considering you have 100-plus employees all pissed off, Yeah, now would be a great time for all of those people to say, hey, we need to do something about this. Strike while the plane engines are still hot. Yes, yes. <laughs> Essentially. I was yeah. going to say gun muzzle, but thankfully it didn't go to uh, to any sort of violence there. Um, so, you know, that uh, is very unfortunate that it happened. And I have a feeling it's not going away. There's going to be some long-lasting ramifications from this incident. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's going to be more details leaked out from, you know, third party, friend of a friend of a friend of Rusev or something like that mm-hmm. or, or or somebody of that. We're going we're gonna to hear more about this in the 
coming weeks, months, years. There's going to oh, be shoot interviews on yeah, YouTube I was say, this, this describing is the, this. This is the new uh, Montreal screw job. Like, this is going to be Pretty the much. thing that everyone's going to talk about what it was like, why we were there, what the back and forth was, what they heard, what they didn't, who's responsible, who wasn't. You know, Plus, it, there's some NDAs put in there, which I wouldn't be surprised if Vince's uh, corporate team is working up some kind of NDAs. I don't know. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall at, backstage at Raw on Monday. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see who raises a stink about what and how that is handled and how that is addressed because right now you know the the friday night smackdown as uh as good or bad as it was i i am more i lean on more mixed than others and i'll talk about why yep um they basically for the wwe if if there is a, a uh, a bargaining chip for them. They basically just told the uh, entire roster, "Awesome, all of you are gone. We have an entire group of people who can replace you and get a rating on par, if not slightly better than the one you normally do." Yeah. Um. Well, yes and no. I mean, that's a loaded statement because I'll, I have a feeling the majority of that rating number comes from a morbid interest of how the fuck are they going to pull this off, which isn't going to be an every yeah. week situation. And, and, and given that the rating was the highest at the top of the show and apparently it, it trickled down as the show yeah. went on, that certainly leans to that uh, that belief. So in case you weren't following what happened on SmackDown, it was basically uh, an NXT unofficial invasion. Yes. Um, since the majority of their talent was stuck in Saudi Arabia, the much quicker flight was from Orlando to Buffalo, where uh, a large number – it was probably probably a dozen, 10 to 15 um, NXT superstars came up to SmackDown, and I guess it was uh, convenient that Survivor Series has been announced and NXT is going to be a part of that, yes. that they could try and uh, start working that storyline into it, and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there was a lot of people saying, you know, the their creativity is, is best when they're pushed back against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you think back to when uh, there was the blizzard and they did the the raw from uh, Titan Tower, or, I'm sorry, WWE headquarters or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and a couple other instances like that. And, you know, I, I can see that argument. Um, but there's a whole other can of worms that were are pretty much I'm sure I'm going to dig into in a minute here with all these NXT people coming up. So, yeah. um, I guess who's who's the first uh, first person to show up? I I didn't watch this. I don't have uh, you know I didn't watch it, and it's not up on Hulu yet, so I yes. can't watch it. So I don't know the chain of events of what happened. Well, so. I, I I will just put the the fun little asterisk on uh, the the uh, <laughs> NXT guys coming to SmackDown uh, based on what I was hearing online. The plane from Orlando to get to the show uh, in Buffalo, New York, with the NXT talent. Landed at 7:55. Oh boy! In case you're wondering why it took a few segments for for this whole yeah. thing to start, but um, the the first uh, appearance was of Shayna Baszler uh, running oh, that's in right. after Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Um, okay. So, well, I I guess 
before we dig into that NXT stuff real quick, uh, apparently something that was going to be revealed on WWE Backstage's official debut this week, uh, mm-hmm. the top of SmackDown kicked off with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman saying that Lesnar is leaving SmackDown with the Universal title and moving WWE no, sorry, title. the WWE title and he's moving to Raw. So that's how they got out of that sticky wicket of Bray Wyatt having the Universal title on SmackDown. Yeah, um, I'm sh- I'm wondering what Fox feels about this. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I had a feeling that uh, that Fox really wanted you know the sports presentation and Brock Lesnar being a legitimate sports star uh, outside of WWE uh, was a big selling point for that. So I'm wondering yeah. uh, if, if uh, Vince is fielding some calls from the Murdochs or whomever is in charge of that these days. Um, but you know it does it does solve that problem. The WWE title back on Raw for the first time in. I don't know, two and a half, three years, yeah, something it, like that. Some, some time. Um, and uh, it, it's all to build to uh, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, which is apparently the direction we're going in after a really lackluster Cain Velasquez, uh, Brock Lesnar, quote unquote, match. Two minutes or so. It was mm-hmm. a under two minute sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And Kane tapped tap to uh, Kimura Lock, which is weird. Uh, well, you know, if Brock's doing a shoot MMA style, when he came back, the Kimura was his was his bit. So, you know, yeah. whatever. So I don't care. I'm not going to watch it. So Baszler was the first NXT star to to make uh, a debut or make an impact on SmackDown. Um, hey, um, she beat up Bailey and cross. And then, uh, we went back to the back. Sammy Zayn was doing interviews saying there was a bunch of, uh, NXT stars. If anyone was going to get in his way, they'd have to deal with him. And here comes Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. Yeah. The, uh, limitless bros. Yeah. They, uh, they chased him out, uh, to the ring and then uh, Riddle and Lee beat the shit out of Sami Zayn, including a big moonsault from Keith Lee. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, and I heard that there was a reaction to these people like they yeah. had been known. Yeah, so pe- that's a good sign. People popped. People were very excited. Uh, the next big bit was during Miz TV. Uh Ray Wyatt was supposed to be the guest, but uh, no Wyatt to be found. So right. Tommaso Ciampa came out and confronted the Miz, which led to a match. Uh, yes, uh, and and uh, Tommaso Ciampa actually went over clean on the Miz, which yeah. is pretty wild, considering they basically were up until that point, you know, having the NXT guys get cheap shots and run-ins and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, Got themselves a, a clean victory from Tommaso Ciampa, as uh, Ciampa said he was the greatest sports entertainer of all time, which uh, pretty great. Which is the gimmick he's been running for a while yes. now. So, you know, continue with that. And it's good to see that they didn't stifle his return by having him lose to The Miz, uh, who's been a non-factor the past, I don't know, six months or so. Um, yeah. So that's that's good. Um, and then I believe there was a challenge backstage mm-hmm. from Daniel Bryan to yep. one Adam Cole, Bay Bay, for yes, indeed. the NXT Championship. Yes, you basically got to see not one, not 
not two, but three Shawn Michaels standing next to each other with uh, <laughs> with HBK with his head shaved, looking kind of like Triple H, who was in the middle, and then Adam Cole looking like, you know, 1993 Shawn Michaels. So yeah. uh, it was, you know, just kind of weird to, to see the uh, Mount Rushmore of Michaels right there. It was the evolution. Moment. It was like the yeah. Pokemon evolution of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course, look at this dude, Adam Cole, very short. Um, yeah, well, uh, you couldn't tell which way Sean was looking. Though, <laughs> but, so. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, he's the only superstar who can work a three-way dance perfectly. He's <laughs> constantly got his eye on both opponents. Um, then we had uh, Fire and Desire. Uh, Sonya Deville and uh, Mandy Rose did an open challenge. And uh, it was supposed to, oh, sorry, they weren't doing an open challenge. It was supposed to be them against Dana Brooke and Carmella. Bianca yeah. Belair was backstage, beat the crap out of Brooke and Carmella by herself. She laid into them, too. Bianca Belair was throwing some fucking haymakers. Yes, she was the stiffest EST yeah. that night. Uh, and then Fire and Desire uh, had themselves a tag match against the kind of thrown together to duo, although I guess it made sense after NXT this week, of Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox. Yeah, I, I don't know if Dakota Kai is selling the the knee from the match against the Kabuki Warriors or she wasn't available or something. That clearly wouldn't have made sense. Not that yeah. I didn't want to see Rhea Ripley up there. Right. I always want to see Rhea Ripley up there. Yeah. Uh, shout out, Eric. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, you know, that that's fun. Good to see them uh, out there and, and getting some shit done. Tossing uh, fire and desire around. I believe it was, was it Rhea Ripley uh, who threw... Uh, Sonya Deville uh, straight into Renee Young's face. Oh, it was actually Tegan Knox of all. <laughs> oh, was it Tegan yeah. Knox? Oh, yeah, the damn. shiniest of wizards. Uh, yeah, busted up. Uh, 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 Renee Young. Renee Young. Thank you. Busted up Renee Young's face, and Renee Young yeah. had just done uh, an interview about how she was so glad to not be on commentary anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and then she gets booted in the fucking eye socket. Yeah. So uh, yeah, tough luck, Renee. Yeah, uh, Adam Cole had a really great match against Daniel Bryan, and again, NXT won. Yeah, like I, I mean, well, I, that was a Daniel Bryan's why, the night. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's really established, but also you know NXT's or uh, Adam Cole's the NXT champ, um, and you know this is a dream match of sorts. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if their paths ever crossed on in the Indies. I'm pretty sure Bryan was already with WWE by the time Cole hit uh, yeah. any sort of prominence in ROH or anywhere else. I, I I think that they have may have shared shows, but I don't think they ever had a match against each other. Um, right. So uh, pretty awesome to see those two against each other. Pretty awesome to see Adam Cole in the main event of a SmackDown. I mean, it, depending on how you look at the situation. Um, but really, this just boiled down to a Triple H promo where... <laughs> He put over NXT and so I'm happy that they had this happy accident of a fun show. I'm not going to shit on what the show was. I think that they are going to learn some harsh or sorry, learn some incorrect lessons from this show, namely because the rating was about the same. Oh, WWE, the brand really is what's over. We could put anyone in any match and it doesn't fucking matter. Well, the ratings uh, last week would say otherwise. <laughs> well, uh, see, what that says is WWE fans are stupid and don't know how to find Fox Sports 1. Well, it was a fucking World Series, but whatever. Uh, they win against the I, 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 I get you. No, I, 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 anyway, um, the other thing where I'm just like, ugh. So, okay, if they hadn't had this show, Chris. Yeah. Considering 
that Raw and SmackDown are when they are, and NXT is a live show, when were they going to do an NXT invasion angle to try to build Survivor Series in two weeks from today? Oh, I don't know. Probably the week before. <laughs> so if ever. So they, they got lucky and they got to have this. Yeah. And it made NXT look really good. But was that originally going to be the plan? Or were they just going to, in traditional WWE styles, kind of slump their way into mediocrity? Yeah, that's probably what they were going to do. They were just going to kind of last-minute bullshit their way into certain things here. Um, and the, it was a very lucky break that Survivor Series is coming up. And NXT had been announced already to be a part of Survivor Series. Yes. Which is, an uh, you know, a fun call. I, 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 don't, mm-hmm. I don't hate that at all. I don't know exactly... You know, if they're going to if it's going to be fucking Brock Lesnar versus the Fiend versus Adam Cole or in the triple threat, I don't know how it all is going to work. And and Um, I feel very sorry for the folks who are working a war games on night one and then Survivor Series night two, because I'm a thousand percent sure the people you're going to see in the war games match are going to be a part of Survivor Series. Yeah, they're earning their twenty-seven grand a year. Uh, oh wait, sorry, that's Ring of Honor. That's not, that's not even Ring, Ring of, of Honor. Honor. I was gonna say that, that's XFL. Ring of Honor does twenty-four, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Oh Christ. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's the high end for the women of honor. <laughs> well, you know, if they paid her that, they'd have to pay everybody that. Yeah, exactly. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> anyway, um, so my problem with the NXT bit of everything is that by the end of the show, when you had all the NXT people in the ring, including a lot of people who hate each other in NXT mm-hmm. storylines as a united front. And this is the thing well, that pisses me it, off every year Because they're battling for Survivor brand Series. supremacy, Chris. No, the brand's no. more important than the individuals. Haven't we learned this over the past, I don't know, 15 years of WWE programming? No, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> nothing comes of it. Okay? It's, I know we sound like broken records every November. I need some kind of stakes. Stakes and weights. Something. I need something to make this worthwhile do, as opposed to just need, being the one night of the year where Raw and SmackDown and NXT people face off. Do you need Omaha stakes? I would love some Omaha steaks. I'd, I'd love Let to me tell you about, about Omaha steaks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> call an Uber. You don't have to call an Uber. They get delivered to you, brother. Uh, I don't know what accent that was, but yeah. I apologize for it. <laughs> Not sure what it was. You went, it was like you went Austin yet Hogan, but I don't know. Uh, it was very weird. It was very weird. Yeah, it was Stone Cold Hulk Hogan. Yes. <laughs> you know. The immortal Steve Austin. He's he's uh pounding muscle milks and uh, vitamins and, and, <laughs> and, and yelling about some, black people. <laughs> yeah, and saying some racist things that he doesn't apologize for. He just apologizes for being caught yes. being said yes. them. Uh, but you know, fuck Hulk Hogan forever. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So that that's what kind of annoyed me. Bonus points to Tommaso Ciampa for completely, you know. Uh, motherfucking Adam Cole with his eyes the whole time they were in the ring. You notice he didn't take his eyes off Goldie or the Undisputed Era. Uh, I believe it was just him and Strong. Yeah. Um, there from the UE, but you know, to see uh, Tegan Knox standing behind Shayna Baszler, oh yeah, we're one united front. Oh, fuck you, man. Yeah, you you, you are literally see. going to be in war. I know. You're going to be at war. It's so frustrating. It's just you know I. I, I I don't know. I, I know it's pro wrestling. It's stupid. Couldn't they've had all the faces on one side, all the heels on the other, and Papa H is the one thing dividing them? 
yeah, it's just, come on. It's, I don't know. It's just little things like that that annoy me uh, about the way WWE does things right now yes. or does things, period. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, they made some uh, some chicken salad out of some chicken shit uh, in terms of SmackDown. They lucked into it. Uh, I don't see the rating uh, staying that high next Friday, depending on what happens on Raw and NXT. Yeah. But I am curious to see how the NXT rating is affected by this. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Does this exposure give them a bump? Also... Uh, we talked about how Fox might feel about Brock Lesnar uh, leaving for Raw and that being a big angle. I wonder how Fox feels about the show that they wanted for Fox Sports 1 and didn't get. Uh, I wonder how they feel about that USA program getting pushed super hard on their SmackDown yeah. show. I wonder how yeah. how that goes with the suits. I mean, look, Rock in a hard place. They had to figure out things uh, last minute and... They delivered a show filled with moments, which is the WWE's favorite thing to do. And those moments were executed well. I will give credit where credit is due. But uh, the long-term ramifications of what they did, I don't think it's there's going to be any, uh, really. It's just... It, they had to fill two hours, and they filled two hours. So you want the conspiracy theory that came out of that show, Chris? Yes, please. Um... Because of all the Saudi stuff and people were trying to figure out what was going on, the conspiracy theory for my tinfoil hat wearers in the audience uh, is the one of the uh, things that happened on the SmackDown show was they had a moment where Stephanie came out and put over the first ever women's wrestling match in Saudi Arabia. And oh. they showed the video. The conspiracy theory is. I think I saw, I think I saw this. How ironic it is. That that segment aired on SmackDown and shortly thereafter, all the guys were on a plane and were able to start heading home. Hmm. So, Naira. yeah, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I think that one's total bullshit, but I had to share it uh, just to just for the OG 538 to, to chew on that theory for a little while. I, I saw a conspiracy theory that the plane was held up uh, not because of money, but because in their post-match celebration, Lacey Evans and Natalia like hugged and like kissed the side of the cheek of uh, of women in, in the Saudi Arabian crowd. And oh. PDAs are a very no-no thing in uh, in the Middle East, so yeah. that was part of the reason uh, everything was held up. Um, so that that was the tinfoil theory I heard. Yeah. So. Uh, we talked about NXT just now, so why don't we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars this week? Yes. Because um, as as has been the, the way it's gone for the past four weeks, I think week five of the Wednesday Night Wars, both shows were good, but I will say both shows had things that bothered me more than usual. There were I had more issues I think with AEW this mm-hmm. week than I did NXT. Yes. Uh, but since we've been talking about NXT, we'll 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 start with them. So yeah. we had the show kick off with Poppy <clears throat> uh, yeah. performing. I don't know what that is, uh, <laughs> but it it, it kind of I I didn't hate it. So I'll I'll say it like that. I did I didn't hate it, and it kind of worked because it went right into them playing Io Shirai um, to the ring. Uh, I I don't really love heels getting fun musical entrances all the yes. time, but in terms of visually and and you know the audio side of it, it worked. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll give him credit for that. Uh, you know Io Shirai just being a total awesome badass. Yeah. Um, 
so so that was fun. And then the bu- bubblegum pop of Candice LeRae's song coming down, and they had they had a fun match. Yeah, they had a very um, good match. Have, yeah. I didn't have any problems uh, with that. Yes, I, I I enjoyed that match. I, I liked it quite a bit. Not as good as their takeover match, but it was still a no, very but, good match. Yeah. But and I may be just picking nits here. So Finn Balor comes out and he cuts his big heel promo. Uh huh. And by the end of the promo, I was totally fine with it. But he started the promo with the dumbest worked shooty bullshit. I've heard on WWE programming in some time talking about how last time people saw him, he was laying down for some goof in a mask. Yeah. Like you don't have to break that fourth wall so hard. Yeah. And for a promo I was into otherwise for a show I thought was really good and possibly was better than the AEW show. A moment like that just pisses me off so much because it reminds me a lot of, you know wcw (laughs) yes yes a bad wcw yeah like everything's real or everything's fake but this this is real like i i i hate that and nxt has been so far devoid of those sense-breaking moments Uh, yeah like i just wasn't into it and look i know the the fiend is over and him kind of you know shitting on that was supposed to make finn a bigger heel and and so on but it just made me really uncomfortable, and I, I, I was not a fan of that bit. I, I will say the I agree with you uh, for the most part, but Balor's delivery there was was really good. Um, and whoever was working the spotlights needs to be replaced because they couldn't keep up with the guy. Uh, <laughs> you, you had one fucking job to do. Uh, but I did like the presentation of the whole arena going black and just the spotlights on him. I, I did like that, the delivery and presentation um, of the promo. And, you know, it wasn't a you people promo. Thank uh, God. Yeah, which, which which is good. And then, you know, he, he called out Johnny Gargano. Um, so it looks like that's what we're getting for TakeOver. And I am here for it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I think that's going to be great. Yeah, that match should be dope. I'm super into it. Um, kind of jumping around on that show. Uh, in the middle of the show, the big thing was the women's tag team title match with the Kabuki Warriors defending against Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. This was the coming out party for Team Kick. Excuse me, Team Kick. Like, it, it yeah. was fantastic. This was a fap fest because <laughs> <laughs> I am I am uh, all into all four of those ladies uh, for various different reasons. Uh, Tegan Knox's midsection is god tier. It is just who boy. Just want to just want to dig in there. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, she uh, and and Dakota Kai just really showed uh, what they can do. You know, they have uh, a lot of talent, a lot of heart. They have great looks, matching gear. They're they're the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, shithead Kyrie Sane is fantastic, and mm-hmm. Evil Asuka is one of my favorite characters of all time. So, you know, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to beat that. I will say I hate their their music that's like weaves oh, the, in and out yeah, of the, both the of their weird themes. Mashup. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, they that doesn't need a that, dedicated theme to the kabuki warriors and and my buddy rob pointed this out like you know they did that uh little hype video of the kabuki warriors prior to the match with a baby metal song which makes perfect fucking sense for for the kabuki warriors why not just have that be their theme song as a team like you you clearly have a a licensing deal to play it on the show why not just make it be their theme you know it, it it's shit writes itself but you know and I, the the downside of that is i enjoy both 
Kyrie Sane and Asuka's themes on their own. Yes. But this this weaving in and out thing just doesn't it, work. They, um, it does not, unlike, say, like when they combined like Miz and Big Show's theme or right. Jericho and Big Show's theme, you know, some of the mashup themes they've done over the years, they do not actually mash up. Like, they're, no. it, it's very hard to match the rhythm, pace, anything. It just feels like you're weirdly fading in and out between the two. Like, you just, yeah. you know, have the little control to flip back yeah. and forth between them. And yeah, yeah. Not, not good. Don't like it. The match was good, though. Uh, Kabuki Warriors retain. Um, but I really liked seeing them back in Full Sail, back in, the, back in NXT, um, where they both had really successful uh, time spent there. So, um, you know, then the – was this the end of the match where everything kind of turned to shit because uh, Kabuki Warriors beat Team Kick, uh, Tegan Knox, and uh, Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai was selling her knee because it had gotten worked over the whole mm-hmm. match in, in some really interesting ways. Um, but uh, out comes Baszler, Shafir, and Jessamine Duke. So they start going after Team Kick and then mm-hmm. out who comes out next? Out comes Rhea Ripley. Yep. Uh, and then after Rhea Ripley came Bianca Belair. And Candice uh, LeRae. And Candice LeRae. Um, and then Io Shirai yes. came out as well. So you have all these different woven stories of wins and losses with all these women over the past month and a half or so kind of coming to a head and it's this big pull apart brawl and uh then we get the answer of pissed off uh pissed you know angry dad uh william regal coming out and just saying wall games in the most epic way ever so bless you regal his his like sneer of disdain and just anger and fear i love it so much he's the perfect you know, of all the the GMs in probably the history of of WWE, I think Regal is on the Mount Rushmore, if not number one. Yeah, yeah, he he's definitely great because he he has excuse me, he very much has a uh, tough but fair yeah vibe to him. You know, uh, he he tends to make very in the middle obvious decisions. You know, there isn't like the the heel GM thing going on with him. Like he makes decisions that make sense for the show. You know, yeah. Um, he he very much is kind of a continuity cop in that regard. It's like, oh, okay, we need to clean things up. Well, here's Regal to to you know fix what's going on, and. Right he has that moment where he hits his breaking point and he's just like, all right, now you have to deal with this. Now you have to go against this guy. Now you have to like, he will let things go to a certain point. I mean, you know, the, when you look at the intertwined feuds, there was the whole thing with uh, like Io Shirai and Candice LeRae and Candice LeRae was waiting for Io to show up in the parking lot. And Regal was just like, look, if I give you a match, will you just go home and not do anything (laughs) like that? That's, that's the type of Regal. I like that. He just kind of goes, Hey, look, there, there are other ways to do these things. Like let's, let's promote a match. And right. The the fact that he does reach that breaking point and just goes, fuck it, war games, you all have to murder each other now. And yeah. that's what it's going to be because it's going to be two teams. They haven't said who's in it. They just said one's going to be uh, captained by Rhea Ripley and the other one's going to be uh, captained by Shayna Baszler. So we'll see who it ends up being because it's typically four on four, right? Yeah, but there are nine women involved there. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to make it five on five or if somebody's not going to get picked and then they have a grudge against uh, whomever. <laughs> doesn't pick them or what it's gonna be like a schoolyard <laughs> they're, they're gonna situation. wait they're gonna wait and see whether jessamine or marina looks better or worse at the pc <laughs> on the way to the show oh boy uh that, I real, that's who I, drew the the small the the smallest straw in that mix there 
Uh, pretty much. I'm pretty sure it'll be Jessamyn Duke sitting out because I don't. Well, I don't know. I think it was Marina Shafir who's just throwing really terrible strikes in the corner on that pull apart. I was like, oh god, yeah. she does have a thicker ass though. So I will give Marina <laughs> Shafir the uh, <laughs> the plus one on that. So uh, it was a good week for asses. Uh, I, 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 I enjoy this week. the fact that that Chris, you just fall on the sword there. I always just like say they they're very athletic. That's <laughs> I don't give a shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then the main event of the show was, uh, excuse me, uh, Red Dragon from the Undisputed Era, Kyler Riley and Bobby Fish mm-hmm. going against uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Um, yeah. Which looks like that's building to a men's war games of Undisputed right. Era against some combination of Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and fourth person TBA. Probably Dijakovic. That would make sense. And that would be I mean, awesome. He's the only one who's been involved with, with any of those other uh, guys. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i for it. I, 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 you know, two war games in one pay-per-view may be a bit much. I don't know. Um, I would kind of would have rather them have just done the women's one because that one seemed a little more primed in terms of all these people with interweaving storylines. Um, but, you know, maybe if they bookend the show with the War Games matches, don't do them back to back because that would just be fucking death. Um, you know, it, it, it could work. And I'm sure, you know, every time we have any complaint with the takeover card, we're always blown away. So, oh, yeah. uh, that's just, uh, that's just what it is. Uh, otherwise in the show, we had a, uh, I thought it was a really fun Tyler Bates and Cameron Grimes match. Yes. Um, and Bronson Reed versus Shane Thorne as well was yeah. a lot of fun. Battle um, of the Aussies. Yeah. So, and I don't know, I don't know if this is just because there's so much more wrestling now, but I really, I, I'm starting to kind of miss the the quick, easy to, to digest one hour NXT. Yes, um, it's I, I, definitely a less is more sort of thing. But the thing is, I don't dislike what I'm seeing. I dislike that it's another hour. <laughs> it, the, the show kind of drags at a point. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. Um, it, it's, it's a good show, but yeah. they're basically at a point about halfway through the show where you're just like. All right, another like two matches till we get to the main event. That sounds good. Right. Like yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was the only no. one experiencing that or not. They they basically seem to have a third quarter lull where it's just like yeah. You know, the first half of the show is good. The second, or sorry, first half of the first hour is good. The second half of the first hour is good. Then we have the first half of the second hour, and it's like, uh... <laughs> and yeah. then they always pull it together with a great match at the end. But you just have right. to. Get through, get through that it. hump. And and it's interesting because AEW, for being a show that lasts as long, it doesn't really feel like it has that hump. In fact, if anything, lately, there have been moments, including this week in particular, to transition into that, yeah. uh, where I'm just like, fuck, they've got too much show for yeah. the time. Because when the tag title match went on at like 10 nine, of. Yeah, like 945, 950, I'm like, yeah. What the fuck is happening? Especially because there was a segment towards the beginning of the show that I have no idea why it was on and why it ran as long as it did. But You're we'll talking get... about the Cody Shivani stuff? What the 
fuck was that? <laughs> well, it, it was like a three part thing. So they were coming. Cody and Dustin were getting off the plane and then getting into a limo. Or Cody was getting into a limo with Tony Schiavone to go to the arena to make Chris Jericho wait for the contract signing. Okay, so then that fine. was the first part. Fine. Totally fine but, with that. But you didn't need it. Oh, you, know, you could just but, but it's it, it. I mean, this is just me at the time when I was watching. Like, oh, it's like the episodes of uh, of Nitro where it start with a guy coming out of a limo or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. It, it, yeah, but you could have just had you know, Cody, shown Cody getting off the plane, shaking Tony's hand, and then getting into a limo. You didn't need to make it a four or five minute segment. Yeah. Um. So that that time could have gone towards the main event. Then you had the in limo segment with Tony and Cody. Which just would not fucking end. It was a bit. It was well, no, it was very self indulgent and very lengthy. Um. You know, it was a fun dusty story. But does sure. that really add to anything? No. Does it need to be on the show? No. No, that would have been a great web thing to put out there. Yeah, you know, totally fine with them throwing it on Twitter. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that that was probably probably close to eight to ten minute uh, segment right there. All I know is I was sitting there watching it, and I'm and I zoned out within seconds because also the audio was really low like i couldn't really hear him very well versus the rest of the show yeah i could have turned my tv up but it was just like this is what is this and all i could think is viewers are just leaving (laughs) right now they're flipping over the nxt they're they're changing the channel they're going to see what's going on with the world series they're going to see what's going on with the nba games like the the fact that i who will full on say I have a bias towards AEW right now sure. that I was completely not enamored with what they were doing. Like, I don't know who signed off on it. It just was such a waste of time. Well, and I'm of two mindsets. One, it's who the fuck signed off on it. But the flip side is maybe they realized that they're going up against a game seven uh, of a world series. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, you know, We'll just put some filler in there because the the you know you can't really count this week's ratings against either show no because no. both dropped dramatically or twenty three to twenty four million people who turned tuned into the World Series Game Seven so you know I feel like they knew get going into it that they weren't going to have a blockbuster week on the ratings yeah. so they're like eh. Fuck it, just throw some shit in there. But still, you have to be a little more discerning on what kind of shit you throw in there because the regulars uh, who are going to watch the whole show, you know, you're going to lose a little will, um, goodwill from them on stuff like that. Um, And then, you know, we're jumping around, but towards the end of the show, you know, we're in the last half hour or so. And then I see fucking Peter Avalon come out. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. Now, granted, it turned into John Moxley coming out, beating him up and then cutting a great promo, uh, which it only took them five weeks to give John Moxley a live fucking mic. So what are you thinking on that? <laughs> Week two. Kick off the show. I mean, right. Uh, he cut one of the best off the cuff promos I've seen on wrestling television in ages. Yeah, it was really good. Like, you, you let the guy do what he does. He's shown us a number of times now uh, that he is, you know, a really good, passionate, uh, quick thinker. You know, he'll hit the bullet points, go over the fun stuff, add some colorful language in there. Yeah. And, you know, it was intriguing. I want to see more of that, you know, yeah. more uh, building of, of characters and stuff like that. And, you know, to 
converse and contrast the two shows, there were a couple little hype videos of characters during the NXT show. There's one for Mia mm-hmm. Yim. There's that one for the Kabuki Warriors. I feel like there was another one in uh, there Angel as well. Garza got one. Yeah, Angel Garza got one. So, you know, when you have these people that uh, the audience may not be familiar with, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if I'm tuning into uh, Dynamite for the first time or, you know, I'm like, who the fuck is Kip Sabian? Why, yeah. why is this guy with yeah. uh, Jack Evans and Angelico, uh, or, you know, aside from just being a third third man in a six-man tag sort of thing? Um, so, you know, I, I feel like some pre-recorded vignettes mm-hmm. uh, to, to highlight some of these people uh, would be a good thing. Yeah. So uh, let, let's just jump into the show. So yeah. as we mentioned, top of the show kicked off with the weird Cody coming off the plane segment. Then they showed uh, a promo, which originally was put out on Twitter that they uh, had at the top of the show, which was the ramifications of last week's show. Um, John Moxley goes backstage to complain to Tony Khan, who I'm not super thrilled about becoming an on-air character, even if it's just in voice. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it for now, but, uh, but we'll basically, see where it goes. Tony Khan explains to Moxley that the match is going to be a lights out match uh, at full gear, so he and Omega can do whatever they want to each other. Or each other, and Moxley loses his shit because that means the wins or the losses do not matter for that match. Right, uh, and, and he wants a title shot, so exactly. he wants to have a win in the win column. Exactly. Which, hey, put that over. I like it. Um, so uh, kicked off uh, in West Virginia IA with uh, Adam Page against Sammy Guevara. Super hot crowd. Super yeah. into Adam Page as a babyface and booing the shit out of Sammy Guevara as a heel, which I think took a match that, you know, was maybe at best a three out of five and pushed it up because the crowd heat was so strong. And that was a big thing through the entire night. The, the crowd yeah. was very amped and i've never known west virginia to be uh, a a big wrestling crowd but that that was super cool it, it it's good to see and you know we've spoke about this before how aew fans are pretty much going to eat up whatever you give them um for now uh right. like you said you, they're starting with a, a ridiculous amount of goodwill uh and you know things like that long cody segment can chip away at that so hopefully yes. they keep uh restocking the uh the pantry of goodwill there yeah. uh, but the match itself w- was good there were a couple couple sloppy moments in there but guevara is very easy to to boo and hate mm-hmm. uh he's he's a great shithead cocky prick um so you know paid getting over on him and saying that he's going to do some cowboy shit uh, mm-hmm. at full gear, you know, that's going to pop the crowd every time. Yeah. So, so good on him for that. By the way, if this is really between Twitter and the dynamite shows, a multi-week, if not multi-year thing to build to the time that Chucky e. T finally gets to grab a live mic and say the word shit. I mean, <laughs> excellent work, everybody. Uh, then uh, the next match, which was a unannounced, but B blew me away hikaru shida against shana 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 whatever it is they had a great fucking match yeah no they were they they both uh really i feel like that maybe had gone a couple minutes long though it was good but um you know again we're we're chipping away at the main event with two top tier tag teams uh you kind of want to give them 20 
you know, for, especially if you're crowning new champs. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm, basically everything's going to boil down to the Lucha Bros getting cheated, uh, <laughs> which I'm still butthurt about. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the women's match uh, was fun. Um, was it after that that we got the fun vignette of Voodoo Priestess Brandy Rhodes? Yeah, very Lucha Underground-esque, that thing. Yes, I was I was much into it, as you could imagine. Oh, uh, before we talk about how much you were into that segment, uh, just trying to make sure I understand my boy Chris. How do you feel about Shauna, Chris? Uh, that midsection is nice. Yeah, I, I had a hunch. I had it's a not hunch. Jamie Hayter nice, uh, <laughs> which last week was nice. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, Shauna, Shauna nice. Yeah, Shauna uh, nice. Uh, but hey, probably, I will say that match was probably the, the uh, sh- most shining star of a match that the women's division in AEW's had. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know. I really liked Riho and uh, Nyla Rose from the uh, first fair show. Point, fair point. Uh, but, you know, since then, you're since probably then, right. Yeah. Um, I, I really hope we see a lot more out of both of them. my understanding. Uh, so Sheeta has moved to the U.S., so she's going to be full time. Okay. And Shauna has signed a three year deal. So she will be around oh, nice. for a while, too. Uh, after that, Brandy Rhodes package, which. Basically seemed to hint, as you said, she's a voodoo priestess now, and also she can summon Awesome Kong. Um, yeah. We got cool. a segment where the Rock and Roll Express came out with the tag titles, which is really just to build to them getting the fuck beat out of them by the newly renamed Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz. Don't love the name. Yeah. Um, yeah maybe it'll grow on me. It's just, it's a bit hokey. Yeah. Uh, the inner circle is hokey as well. Um Maybe it'll grow on me. I don't know. Inner, inner, inner Circle has grown on me in subsequent weeks, so maybe Proud and Powerful will. I don't know. It just sounds like a fucking tagline for some shitty deodorant or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll we'll see. But they straight up murder. They threw Ricky Morton through the stage, yeah. uh, which is always fun. That guy. How is the Rock and Roll Express having like the best year out of any fucking body in pro wrestling this year well <laughs> i that think it's because everyone else is getting signed and then put in a performance center purgatory i think that's really okay. what it is so the, yeah. the rock and roll express being 60 years old going oh yeah we'll do some some canadian destroyers brother they're getting uh they're, they're getting moments which by the way if they want to build to proud powerful against rock and roll express on some random episode of dynamite just for ricky morton to do a canadian destroyer on live television fuck yeah i'm in do it and and the don't yes. forget to Tope. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's he, oh. he has no uh, no care for his body. By the way, uh, I don't know if it was Santana or, or Ortiz, whoever came out with the uh, what appeared to be the prison so- sock. Yes, the prison sock. Uh, yeah, fucking great. Also, them yelling about being the best again is, is that's becoming my new favorite thing in AEW. Just those guys constantly yelling the best, the best, the best. Yeah. They're big damn girl uh, fans. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm for it, and this is our last show to record before Full Gear, too. Yeah. By the way, fuck. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's like uh, six days away. It's a week from tomorrow. Yeah, or unless you want to squeeze right? one in Thursday or Friday night or something, yeah. but I don't really know if that's going to happen. But um, but yeah, so that 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 was a fun segment. Young Bucks came out for the save way too late. Uh, it was way past all the damage being done there. But uh, the proud and powerful against uh, Bucks coming up at full gear, uh, I'm quite excited for. Yep. So I believe after that is when we had our Rick and Morty appearance of Corporate Synergy. Yeah, which. For all it could have been was probably the least cringy version of what it, it landed in. 
I, I you know saw, what? I, I didn't hate it. I saw some people going, this is the most WWE bullshit they've ever done. Look, if it was WWE, they would have been all over the show besides being on the turnbuckles. And, you know, Rick and Morty would have been GMs for the night or something like that. Right. Like, literally, I, all it was was the best friends in Arch Cassidy, who, if character-wise, you don't think they're Rick and Morty fans. I mean, I don't know what what you're working <laughs> with there. They came out in costumes, and uh, the guy who does the voice of both Rick and Morty recorded an intro for the yeah. best friends, which yeah. was awkward and completely not acknowledged. But really the best part for me, besides uh, Orange Cassidy getting to be Orange Cassidy, on yeah. commentary... <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Excalibur. Excalibur. Excalibur say, hey, JR, can you read that for me out loud? And JR throwing out the Rick and Morty catchphrase of Wubba Lubba Dub Dub in the most... Uh, jr way possible not since he was yelling Man. about skittles have i been so excited to hear jim ross have to say something he doesn't understand okay so let's talk about jim ross a second <laughs> uh <laughs> i i don't love jim ross and aew uh on commentary um and I know that Jim Ross, you know, clearly one of the, if not the greatest wrestling uh, commentators of all time, uh, depending on how you feel about that. Um, I just feel like this product is so far off of JR's comfort zone that at times it seems cringy and it seems like jr really wants to just jump in front of an oncoming bus saying <laughs> stuff like wubba lubba dub fub or whatever the fuck it is i've never seen an episode of rick and morty and 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 you know stuff like that i mean he's constantly uh critiquing the product and it's not in a way that i feel is just like playing a devil's advocate i feel like it's kind of hurting the product yeah. a little bit uh, you're not the first person I, i've heard say that i think the thing that hurt this show in particular was not having tony Schiavone. As yeah. a third man in the booth. It's weird for me to advocate hard for a three-person booth, which reminds me, from what I understand, the Full Gear trio is going to be Excalibur, JR, and Golden Boy coming back because Shivani can't make it. He's got uh, a prior sports commitment that night. It's a bummer. Yeah. Well, we're not going to hear it anyway because we'll be there. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, uh, just point of note, uh, yeah. that that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, I think the counter of Shivani to Jim Ross being a fellow old guy, but he's one who just keeps getting tickled by the new era of wrestling yeah. versus uh, the old crank that is Jim Ross. I, yeah. I I think it provides a bit more balance to the booth and not having uh, a third person to bounce off of kind of hurt the commentary this week in particular. Yeah, and this has been – I've had this thought about JR for a couple of weeks now. But, yeah, it's probably because of that that it really shown through this past yeah. week. Uh, and if we're talking about people talking into microphones in that show, I really do not like Justin Roberts. Man, he – Jared! It's <laughs> so fucking obnoxious. And I, I don't – I I just am not a fan. And it fucking pisses me off every time I hear him do his over-the-top intros. I do not like it. I do not care for Justin Roberts, Sam I am. I do not like him. <laughs> Uh, in a can eating spam. Uh, do not like with him a, with a dental dam. I do got not nothing. like him in a boat. You do not like him with a goat. Yeah. No, I no, I do not. Uh, please hire somebody else. Do not Thanks. like him in the show. Oh, you how you would wish he'd go. Yes, thank you yes. very much, uh, Marty Seuss. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, so we finally got a interview segment that actually went to plan, 
as the Jericho and Cody contract signing occurred and the contract signing itself went off without a hitch. The table survives. Yes. And not in the I am the table sort of way. There wasn't even uh, a provocation of violence against it. Um, even though Jericho teased it a few times, Jericho being his most obnoxious, uh, you know, Jericho ever, which is great. They had they brought out the lawyer from the um, the Road Two series yes. with uh, from Sean Spears and Cody back in the day. Back in the day, a couple months ago. Yeah, and, um, and apparently so I, I like that touch. She's the a legit lawyer. lawyer for AEW. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah. I, I love that. Make it seem, make it seem legit. Yeah. Um, but then the uh, the thing turned to the outside where Sammy Guevara uh, and uh, Jake Hager are beating up on Dustin, uh, and Dustin's skull gets caved in on the side of a limousine. So, credit where credit is due to AEW. AEW has tried very hard to not have the invisible camera of the WWE. Basically, yeah. whenever you see a camera where one, where one happens, it's established top of the show, Sammy Guevara, when he comes out and he's waiting for Hangman page to come out, he has his iPhone out cause he's vlogging. Yeah. So yeah. you Which set up gimmick. that Sammy is, you know, able to have a camera outside and yep. that's where we're getting the feed from. So I'm just like, that, that's a clever, clever little implementation and integration of that. Bonus um, points. Yeah. yeah. And, For and logic. Then, yes, exactly. And then it was, you know, traditional NWA type angle where the bad guys beat up, you know, the top baby faces, number one pal and broke right. his arm. Um, yeah, it probably again, the most effective Jake Hager we have is just a brute force guy who just does what he does. And that's what we had there. Um, Which is kneeing somebody in the nuts. Yes. So at least they lean into that from the Bellator fight. Exactly. Exactly. And Jericho, uh, lighting a cigar and, uh, wishing us a happy Halloween. 10 out of 10. That was pretty great. He, Jericho's yeah. really doing again, some of the best work of his career right now. Jericho is really good at pro wrestling, man. There's yeah. nothing else that could be said. Um, what happened after that? I feel like it was the six man with yes. uh, the elite. And okay, so this Kenny Omega video. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, so <laughs> so he's basically throwing shade at New Japan because that mm -hmm. big thing in the middle was very similar to a Lion Mark logo. Yes. Um, and and there was even a reference of Kota Bushi in there as well. Mm -hmm. So this is from a video game. Yeah, it's it's based on a video game called Undertale, which is okay. uh, an RPG game out for PC and Nintendo Switch and PS4 and all that. Um, it's the same uh, the same creator who did uh, Kenny's video criticizing Tanahashi on the way to the dome. Um, okay. And that, the lead character of Undertale, a character named Sans, that's who Kenny Omega was dressed up as in his intro. But gotcha. uh, basically, the the message was one of uh, how the the Lion Mark turn was trying to turn Kenny against from against all his friends and trying to, uh, you know, make him uh, separate from everything he cares about and loves and how. They turned his one friend against him and, okay. and, and all of that. Uh, we talk about self-indulgent earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was self-indulgent, especially when you found out that it wasn't leading to anything. 
<laughs> yeah, it was just just an intro for the guy. Uh, yeah. It went on really long, and you know, I had the show on at the bar where I was doing a doing a trivia game, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? What is happening right now?" Yeah, uh, you know, it was just. And it, at the time, I was like, "Oh shit, is this a hint that they're going to start working with New Japan?" So right. I got really excited, and then I find yeah. out in the Observer this week. No, this is just something Kenny did because he's a catty bitch, and it's like, uh oh. Okay. Well, not only is he a catty bitch, but he's also a fucking dork. Well, yes, uh, <laughs> yes. And you know, and we've talked about this before. The difference between Kenny Omega being a dork and Seth Rollins being a dork are two very different things. And uh, Kenny is a much more inch, palatable dork. They are inching closer every day. If this is how <laughs> Kenny Omega is trying to handle his issues with a company that they may or may not be trying to build business ties with. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I did not enjoy that. Uh, but what to be I honest. did enjoy was the match itself. Kip the match Sabian, was fun. Kip Sabian needs to be with the hybrid two all the time. I like that trio a lot. Make him the hybrid three. Yes, Why not? the uh, the just goofy spots, great moments. Jack Evans is like the underrated MVP of AEW right now. Uh, Seriously, dude, that guy is money. Like between. His appearance here between the match he did on Dark this week. He was part of a three-way with um, Darby and I think it was Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc, uh, yeah. Like, that match was super fun. Um, just He is a 10 out of 10 shit talker, and he's a 10 out of 10 bump guy for all of this. I mean, he took a sick one-wing angel at the end of the night. So Yeah, he did. Great V-trigger, too, from uh, Oh, Jesus from Christ, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. I- I will say one of my favorite things, you know, about Dynamite has been getting to watch, you know, Kenny Omega wrestle on a weekly basis, right, uh, right. which is which is fun because Kenny Omega is really good at pro wrestling when he when he gets in there. Uh, but yeah, that match was was a blast. Uh, again, I feel like maybe they could have shaved five minutes off of it to give to the main event, but uh, again, that's my my Lucha Bro bias uh, coming through there. But it was fun. I did enjoy it. Um, and then the Bucks and uh, and Kenny, the Elite, go over clean. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you didn't really expect Jack Evans to get a pin on Kenny Omega right here. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. And then we had the oh, but main. Before you jump. Uh, oh. Uh, the Bucks were celebrating with fans around ringside. There were two oh, fans with yeah. Ricky Morty masks. And God damn it, it's Santana Ortiz again. That, that's you know. <laughs> If only it had been another Rick and Morty yes. mask underneath. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they would have gone full sting, but instead they went full Gene Parmesan, popping up where you least expect them, and uh, the violence continued. Uh, then yeah. we had the, the Peter Avalon, John Moxley segment we talked about yep. earlier, and the main event was SCU against the Lucha Bros. For the short amount of time, the unfortunately short amount of time that they had, I yeah. thought it was a really good match. Uh Phoenix is, I know I say this every week now, he is out of this world great. He's fantastic. And he's really gotten a lot better at work in a more heelish style because mm-hmm. the first few seasons of Lucha, the first three seasons of Lucha, he was just, you know, as babyface as they come. And then he got, you know, brainwashed by the reptile, reptile tried and that whole thing. Um, like and one he's does. Worked a, yeah, as, as one is uh, tend to do. Um, and so then he worked a heel style in, in uh, season four of Lucha. And it didn't always go over super well, but he's really gotten into it. I think work. With his brother so much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Pentagon uh, siempre Rudo, always always Rudo uh, is Pentagon. So um, if I and this is just being fair, if I were to critique uh, my fabled and friendly Lucha Bros, 
it's that Pentagon, especially uh, over. I know he's trying to get the Zero Miedo thing over, but he probably overdoes it doing it before every fucking move he does. Yes. Just pump the brakes on that just slightly. Do it before yeah. only the big moves, um, because one, it takes time and it takes you out of the match a little bit. Um, and two, I just, I, you know, too much of a good thing is not great. So, yeah. you know, in, in, in the interest of fair play, I will critique my beloved Lucha bros in that respect. Don't have much to say bad about Phoenix. Cause he, yeah. like you said, is fucking fantastic. Uh, yeah. and not to take anything away from SCU either. I mean, you know, Frankie Kazarian who took a couple really nasty bumps in that match, the, the fucking heart, uh, yeah, the, the Rana, the off, Rana the, uh, off the yeah. rope onto the apron. He, he looked like he killed himself on that, and then he got yeah. pretty much shoot murdered, getting power bombed through the uh, ringside table. Um, right, but was still able to come in and make the save. Yes, so good for, yes, good for him. You uh, fuck. <laughs> um, I mean, like we said last week, I would have been fine with either team winning. I'm fine with SCU winning. Um, it feels like it's a gold watch sort of reign for Kazarian yeah. in particular. Uh, I do wonder if they're going to run this back at full gear. I hope so. I mean, I really hope to see Lucha Bros perform at full gear uh, for selfish reasons. Um, But, you know, the fact that it wasn't – well, I mean, it was conclusive in that they won clean, but not like a – knocked him out for the pinfall it was a it was a small package right, sort right. of roll up sort of situation uh one could say a fluke perhaps um so maybe maybe that leads into a rematch i hope so um you know yeah. but the ma- the match was fun it was a couple it was sloppy at a couple points and really brutal at other points and if you know if i am to critique AEW a little more they either have to establish and I don't, I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself because this is kind of what Jr. was saying. Um, with the tag teams, mm-hmm. they're just letting they're just letting it go. Yeah. Um, so either enforce it or change the rules. Uh, you know, in such that you get like two moves uh, tandem when somebody comes in or something like that. I don't know. It's right. just it, it. They're they're overdoing it a bit. With or the they tag need teams. to establish lucha style rules where if a guy what? hits the well, floor, yeah. or another guy can come in. Something like that where there's a, a bit more of a standardization to how they work. Um, yeah, but I think that'll come with time. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Uh, aside from that, just a couple quibbles. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was still a pretty good show. Not their best show, but yeah. it was still entertaining. Um, and, you know, we have the big go home show coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember where they're going to be. Um, uh, but I think it's North Carolina. I, I think they're okay. at the Bojangles Coliseum. Good. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And from what I saw, uh, what's supposed to be on the show this week, uh, Jericho and Guevara against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. And okay. what should be very interesting, uh, Pack against Trent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. Have they run into each other? Not that I'm aware of. Um, okay. So... Uh, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. And granted, AEW's already shown they can probably change the card between now and showtime. So we'll see what happens. And they need to establish some more matches. I just took a look to see, you know, what are we looking at for full gear? There's only four matches officially announced. So Cody Jericho, mm-hmm. um, Riho against, um, Joshi girl. Nope. No, no. The, the, that's not one of the four yet. No, really? Yeah. So, uh, Mox oh. Omega in uh, uh-huh. Lights Out match. So that's that's going to be the main event because it takes place after the show after. is ended, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, Jericho Cody for the 
uh, world title, Bucks against Santana and Ortiz for the tag. Well, not uh-huh. for the tag, in a tag match. Uh, and uh, yeah. Pack versus Page. That's all that's been announced officially. Okay. Uh, officially, yes. So they have to announce a women's match or two. Um, yep. They're not doing a battle royal before every show. That's just for the, the all-out shows. Uh, they, who knows? Who knows? They haven't said. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and I, I have no doubt that we're going to see judges pulled from the StarCast uh, attendees. Uh, so. Oh, yeah, the judges thing. What is, what is your hat at on that? Uh, I, I think it's more just to put legends on the show and possibly someone who like challenges Jericho after the match. Or something okay. like that. I don't think they're going to go 60. I hope not. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, as great as Chris Jericho is these days, I don't know if Iron Man 60-minute Jericho is uh, is is what we uh, have right now. So oh, I don't really. Th- this does remind me uh, kind of to the left of that, talking about StarCast. StarCast yeah. is going to be this weekend in Baltimore. Uh, yeah. Anyone who listens to us and may be coming into town for StarCast, just a heads up, the two venues that StarCast is going to be <laughs> – uh, occurring at over the four days, uh, yeah. basically a day at Jimmy Seafood, two days at Ram's Head, and then a fourth day at Jimmy Seafood. They are not near each other at all. No. So, uh, you know, have some money ready for Ubers or rent a car or something because, yeah. um, yeah. I wouldn't recommend taking the bus. No, no. Not, uh, not, not in Baltimore City. Yeah, uh, it, it is not. Uh, I, I don't know how or why this became the plan of attack for booking this show because also they're not near the arena nor very close to the hotel. Like Ramshead you, you, you could walk to Ramshead from the arena. You could, but it's kind of a hike. It's a mile two. Mile yeah, or two. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a hike. Yeah, it just it's it's a weird. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't get the convention center or they didn't get like the uh, the conference rooms inside the hotel where they're. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it's it's kind of weird, but you know, or that's, even the concourse of the arena. I yeah. mean, you know, that's probably a lot to staff, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. The setup is, is odd, um, and I believe if you haven't bought tickets for Starcast yet, I believe this coming Wednesday uh, they're doing half price off meet and greets. For Starcast, I believe I saw that on Twitter this morning. Oh wow! Um, so so follow Starcast on Twitter for for updates on that. Uh, I don't have any plans on doing anything Starcast wise. Mm-hmm. Do you? No, no. I as I've got on record here, I'm not really a meet and greet guy. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to the big show on Saturday night. Yeah, and uh, just before we, I know we've already been going a while, but yeah. just uh, just to, to sprinkle on some of the quick other things of the week, uh, yeah. this morning was Power Struggle in Japan. Yes. We did have the aforementioned return of Hiromu Takahashi, who will be mm-hmm. challenging Willie Ospreay for the junior heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. We also had the gauntlet thrown down to... Uh, Tanahashi Hiroshi from uh, one pain maker, Chris Jericho. Yeah. So uh, Jericho coming back to NGPW to face the ace at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I believe the second yes, night he's is where be the on date he two. called out for. Yeah. So uh, so that's a big deal. Otherwise, Kenta and Ishii beat the fuck out of each other in a very fun, brutal mm-hmm. match. Some of the uh, some of the chops to the throat and slaps to the face were just sickening uh, in that one this morning. I watched a couple matches. I watched yeah. that. I watched the Bushi Billy Spray match, which was a lot better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, even expecting the outcome of Fall Guy Bushi coming through there. Um, Bushi knows he, how to work, man. Just so yeah. happens that he takes a lot of falls. That's that's the thing. I was like, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be fun, but there's 
aside from maybe one false finish, because uh, there was a lot of ref uh, hokiness happening in that match, that I really didn't see any way Bushi was going to win that. But right. um, the finals of the Junior Tag League tournament also happened. Sho yeah. and Yo over Desperado and Kanemaru, uh was a really fun match as well. Um, so Sho and Yo win the Junior Tag League, and then they will fight ELP and Taji Ishimori Mm -hmm. at uh, Wrestle Kingdom for the junior tag titles. ELP and Taji Ishimori actually attacked Rapongi 3K after the match and stole their junior tag league uh, (laughs) trophies. What a bunch uh, of dicks. uh, We got that uh, going on. Uh, Also of note, the main event, Jay White retaining the... IC title over Hiroki Goto. Uh, of note, not only A, did we get the official gauntlets thrown down for the double title challenge on Wrestle Kingdom weekend, but in the schmas that followed the uh, Jay White Goto match, Kenta kicked the shit out of Shibata again. Yeah, Shibata getting uh, getting physical. So, you know, starting to add to the flame of rumors that Shibata may be making some sort of return at yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, in a limited capacity. I don't know. Who knows? It's uh, definitely seems like a, a story they're telling, and they are not ones to start telling a story without paying it off eventually. But Chris, we're we're yeah. neglecting one big thing from the show, which is the most roughhouse podcast match of the year, because based off of a six man tag between Suzuki Goon and Lij, they are building to a singles collision of Shingo Takagi Hell and Minoru yes, Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> Big beefy boy badly in the world's grumpiest professional wrestler in a match that if it's not on one of the Wrestle Kingdom shows, they're fucking up because that could be Wrestle Kingdom Night 3 all by itself and get Hell. all 60,000 people right in there. <laughs> As I was skipping through the show, fast forwarding, I did see Takagi and Minoru Suzuki square up and I'm like, okay, I'm watching this bit. Yes. Um, yes. So Hell's to the yes all the dragon all the time thank you very much yes cannot wait for that and uh one other bit uh just because we alluded to it earlier on uh joey mercury having a normal one uh he uh he he was let go from ring of honor uh early this week Mm -hmm. um it was described publicly as being mutual i guess not as he is basically taken to twitter to reveal all of the awful things about ring of honor internally Pointing the finger at general manager Greg Geeland, uh, he revealed that Kelly Klein's only making 24k a year. That uh, PJ she Black, was forced to be worked when concussed. Yes, uh, PJ Black, Bandito, and Shane Taylor are all off of deals on January 1st, and apparently yep. Shane Taylor is not getting renewed and doesn't know that, but now he does. <laughs> now he does. Um, <laughs> Uh, that security is totally fucked up, that Bully Ray really did go into business for himself with that fan. I mean, just that guy had to be a part of the NRA with the way he was shooting this week. Just just nonstop shooting for one Joseph Q. Mercury. Yeah, he uh, he laid into it on uh, on Friday afternoon. It was an interesting read and just really um, solidifies a lot of rumors that it is a complete shit show yes. uh, at Sinclair Broadcasting with Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, they really need to get their shit together over there. Roughhouse top tip, if you are fresh to the Joey Mercury stuff. Uh, don't track down his Twitter account. Instead, go to Fightful.com, where they did the work. They read his poorly threaded mixture of screenshots and 
tweets and actually broke down what he was trying to communicate because okay. Joey's not very good at the internet. So Fightful.com no. has all the breakdowns for you. It's a lot of head trauma and uh, drugs. Yes, yes. That will do that. By by full admission of himself. Uh, also, hey, Chris, you know MLW had a show last night on pay-per-view oh, for some reason? God. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, I did. But good on them. They hired uh, our boy, uh, Krista Joseph, who used to work on Lucha Underground. So mm-hmm. that uh, sparks my interest in uh, MLW a little and bit. And it means we've me got watch. an in at MLW, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Hey, they're going to be working with AAA for some reason. Come on. And so is everybody the fuck else. Yeah. Actually, I saw that in our spam. We got an email from AAA. They're asking us if if we wanted to work with them. (laughs) That's right. Your boys are being co-opted. That whole that whole uh, WWE Saudi Arabia thing at the top of the show. We're getting those AEW pesos now, or not AEW AAA pesos. Yeah, yeah. AAA, AAA. Fuck you, Justin Roberts. (laughs) It's AAA. You're in America. <laughs> are we still rolling? Yeah, we're still rolling, believe it or oh, not. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you, we, I gave you like 10 outs. What do you Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stop it now. Bye, everybody. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase w capital G lowercase k capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Yeah, Macho Man 2K10, still alive, coming at you, will be for years to come, it's my hip-hop comeback, ooh yeah, I'm the Macho Man, Randy Savage, I'm gonna grab a hold of Miss Elizabeth and that butthole rabbit, she likes it back there, with my gray hair, I'm gonna put it inside, I'm jumping it everywhere, yeah, you like the Macho Man, coming at you brother, I'm gonna grab a pillow, and then I'm gonna smother you after we do it after we screw it i'm in the buff i'm making stuff i'm gonna fuck you when you're gone what can we not do that is that not why are you shaking your head in the booth make it a hidden track on the album all right that's it i'm taking out somebody here Honky-tonk man with his dong in his hand walking around real strong in the southern states land. He's a racist. He uses the N-word. He's like a dog. He's in the backyard eating his own turds. He's a wrestler with a beer gut. He's had 17 wives in each. One's a slut. I did one in the back, one in the front, one in the mouth. The last one really had a smelly country music was his gimmick. He loved to strum his guitar. He never
ever got far besides the icy title. Hey, speaking of which, that Dolph Ziggler kid's really turning into something. Oh, he hasn't been hired yet. Sorry, I'm just predicting the future. Make this a hidden track on the album. Make it a hidden track. I'm coming at him with something else. Here we go, yeah. CM Punk, he'll never quit. The guy's the shit, he's the best. CM Punk, he's the world. He's got two soft breasts covered in tattoos. He doesn't trust the Jews. He did what? What do you mean that's anti-Semitic? Is that not a thing? Oh, fuck you. I once saw him barely tip a kid at a Jewish delicatessen. Oh, God, if we don't get this, I'm going to have a stroke.